Welcome to the Female CEO Show. I'm your host, Courtney Quinn. I'm a corporate dropout turned serial entrepreneur with a passion for helping female business owners step into your power and reach your full potential in business and in life. I'm on a mission to empower more women to become their own boss while teaching them how to do it in a healthy, scalable way that supports your dream life so that you're running a business and not owning a business that runs you. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or you're still toying with the idea of diving into your own business, you're in the right place if you're looking for tools to support you as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship as a woman, because I'm going to get real with you on how to do so. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Female CEO Show. We are joined by Jamie Coutino. She is a master of occupational therapy, an ADHD advocate and coach, a TEDx speaker. How cool is that? And the co-host of the Be Unemployable podcast. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to talk with you more about all things ADHD. Amazing. Yes. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about you, your story, and kind of your journey with ADHD and entrepreneurship, all of the things. Okay. So if you were to look at my brain and my background, like I definitely should not be successful. Um, I came, I came from a household that had two parents that were addicts. Um, my mom passed away when I was 18. I went across the country to start college cause I was scared to death of my dad. Um, I didn't have my mom to protect me anymore. Mm-hmm. Struggled in college. Um, did not know I had ADHD until my mid twenties. Mm. Until I was almost done with my master's degree. Wow. Um, Getting into my master's program, I had to beg my way into the program. And I talk about that in my TED Talk as well. Um, But after I found out that I had ADHD, I did the the ADHD thing and I researched the hell out of it. I looked for patterns of what helps ADHDers, how can they become functional, what struggles do they have. What advice actually works when you have a neurodivergent brain? Because neurotypical advice does not work for us. Um, My husband was having severe health problems and he bought me the book, The 4-Hour Work Week, as like a pick-me-up for me because he knew I always had an entrepreneur spirit. Love that book. I love it. I love that book. It is so good. And... um, I was reading the book and I'm just like, what do I love and what do I, what am I good at? Cause I kept saying like that intersection is where the money's at or like, mm-hmm. you know, that great idea. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like I am a woman with ADHD and I am functional in daily life. A lot of women aren't. I'm going to teach women how to be functional in daily life with ADHD. So I took that idea. I ran with it. I, I launched back in March of 2022. And recently did a TED Talk. I've actually been casted on the reality show, The Blocks, which will be um, recording in February of 23. So a lot has happened in a short time, and I'm just so effing grateful. Wow. What do you... I mean, that is a lot happening in just in less than a year. What would you kind of attribute to that? Like you're really fast growth what has played a what has played a role in that um 
I, when I, so when I have a goal, I become very laser focused and I take a lot of pride in being the underdog. So when I told, uh, you know, family and friends, Hey, I'm starting this business. When, whenever you start a business, especially as a woman, they, it's like, Oh, what a cute little side hustle you have. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. I'm going to retire myself from corporate. I'm going to retire my husband from corporate. Like you don't fucking get it. And you don't have to, because I'm going to show you how I'm going to do it. Um, so the driving force for me was when my husband had those terrible health issues, I wanted to do anything I could to retire him from his job. And that has been the driving force behind it. Luckily, he is he's doing very well now. Um, so, but I still want to give him the opportunity to where working for someone else is an option, not a has to be. Um, so that... I will work really hard to make sure I never have to work for anybody else for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I understand like entrepreneurship can be so tough, but I am like, I'm at that point where like, I, there's no turning back. Like we are, oh, we are down this no. road and we got to keep going. Absolutely. It's like, um, it's so funny because my business has has grown so much very quickly that I actually quit my my corporate job here just a couple days ago. So I'm very new to being a just yes. Um, so I am am new to being like only full time in my business where I was full time in my business and full time corporate. Um, and to get to this place in less than a year, I am just so fucking grateful. Um, but. I want to say to those who are in that building phase yet where they're not able to quit that corporate job, like when you get that taste of freedom, I swear to God, it's worth it. I know it's a bitch getting there, but I swear to God, it's worth it. Incredible. Congratulations. It Thank you. So worth it. I am a corporate dropout as well. Yes. Not for me, but I love that you had that much success in your business so quickly while essentially your business was like a side hustle to mm -hmm. corporate. How yeah. were you managing all of that? You know, still working corporate, starting yeah. and building your own business and also like scaling it so quickly. How did you manage that? Um, I had to get very firm around my boundaries, around my time and my energy. Mm. That is the biggest factor in my success was realizing I have friends that I love and they love me. But listen, if this is my only window to get shit done, I'm going to get shit done. Yeah. And I was open with my friends. I told them, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to be able to be a hands-on friend right now. I love you so much. I'm sending you big hugs. But if you're going through some shit, I can't be your therapist right now. Because I used to be like my friend's go-to person when they're going through some yeah. shit because I just, I love them so much. Um, so I had to get comfortable with saying no mm -hmm. so that I could say yes to myself. And that was the, like one of the biggest contributors of my success. Wow. You're right. That is, that is so important, but I love that you kind of prefaced all of that and let them mm -hmm. know it wasn't just like all of a sudden they're hitting you up with invitations and you're like, no, no, no. Sorry. You're like, Hey, like, this is what's happening. This is what's coming. Right. right. Just so we're on the same page. We're like, I still love you. I, yeah. I think that's a really wonderful way to approach boundaries and like having to set that because mm -hmm. sometimes people can get so like hurt and offended by your boundaries, which isn't mm -hmm. your problem, but I do no. think 
when it is those people that you love and you don't Mm want to hurt them, it's like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, this is going to be kind of the new normal for the next, the next little while. Right. Um, I think that's so important. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. And it's so, I, and I love how you say it's not your problem when (laughs) they are, um, when they're offended by it. My mom used to tell me what somebody thinks about you is none of your business. And I, um, I do like, she was an incredibly wise woman. Um, but it's so true that what people think of you are, is none of your business. And when you create a healthy boundary, the people who are not okay with it are not people that you're going to want in your inner circle. Anyway, you're weeding them out. It's like that SpongeBob episode. Don't think we don't know how to weed them out. Um, for those (laughs) who are like nineties babies, but, um, it's so true. Say it louder. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. No, that's a red flag. If people can't respect your boundaries, like you can just find your way on over to the door. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned that as you were like in your 20s, you finally Mm -hmm. realized that you had ADHD. What what was kind of the turning point for you to be like, okay, like maybe something isn't right or isn't, you know, Mm -hmm. how it should be. And then like, what, what did you do about it? So I was in grad school, right? So I was in uh, grad school for occupational therapy and I had turned in like two or three rough drafts as my final draft, even though I had my final draft done. I, every time I had a new version of something, I would just save it. So I had all of these drafts and my, one of my professors said like, this is like the second or third time you've done this. Like, this is a problem. And you would think that being in a medical program, they would look and see like, maybe there is a difference in cognition. Maybe there is a, a learning disability. No, it was more so of just like the, you need to get your shit together thing. Um, so I texted my therapist and I'm just like, or no, I would, I went to my next session. I'm just like, I think I might have ADHD. And she's like, you were diagnosed as a child. And I'm like, oh, that would have been amazing if someone had that conversation with me. Um, yeah, I had no idea that I had been diagnosed. I knew that my mom had a brain scan when she actually became sober, um, because she, she got off of opiates and. Um, I could have a whole, I could have, I could go on for three hours about how amazing my mom was and all that she overcame. But anyway, she had a brain scan done where she saw physically she had ADHD, um, which there's a, there's a huge link between ADHD and, and uh, substance uh, use disorders. So anyway, I knew that my mom had it. I knew that there is a strong genetic correlation and that it was, I was very likely to have it. I did not know I had already been formally diagnosed as a child. So I went my first, you know, I went like 25 years not knowing, um, and it was just, you know, two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, after that, I did the deep dive into research. I um, found um, a doctor that would treat me uh, medicinally and got on um, the right medication. And my life has been very different since then. <laughs> How has the medication and just like treating it properly, like what Mm -hmm. has changed? How, how is your life different? Um, well, I will preface this with saying, I know that there's a, there's very, very strong feelings around medication and ADHD. So I will preface Mm. it saying this, I am not pro medication. I am not anti-medication. I am pro function. And for some of us, um, 
ADHD medication is needed to be functional. Mm-hmm. I was that person who I changed my diet. I exercised profusely. It, name a, a natural modality to help ADHD. I can guarantee you that I did it. I can guarantee you. But that ADHD medication was like the missing puzzle piece. Like imagine a, a hundred piece mm-hmm. puzzle and 99 of those pieces were put together. I had, I worked on those skills, but that uh, just having that, that medication was like, okay, now the puzzle's together. Um, so how it affects me is that when I do not take my medication, um, I'm a very visual person, um, Mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm pretty sure I have a touch of the tism. So I think of everything in like pictures (laughs) as they say on 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 TikTok, like touch of the tism. But anyway, um, so when I'm not medicated, it makes processing my environment very challenging. Mm -hmm. So if something is very upsetting to me, Mm-hmm. I will immediately react to it and it I don't have that time to just process what's happening and mm-hmm. to react in a healthy helpful way. The medication allows just that space to be able to process what's going on and then yeah. act in a way that is um thoughtful. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. It yeah. also helps with um not becoming over is overstimulated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's helped me to improve my relationships because I'm not, you know, always overwhelmed. It's affected every part of my life uh, positively, but that's the best way I can describe how it affects me. Mm-hmm. I apologize. I'm talking a lot and I feel like I, but um, I'm so passionate about this. So we're, um, we're on a podcast. That's the whole point of it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, Jamie, take a fucking breath here. Let her talk. Um, but anyway. <laughs> No, no, you were the guest. I want you to talk. I do enough talking on like, <laughs> on my own. And, but like I'm asking so many questions because I am like personally so interested in this. Yeah. Um, because I feel like I have like a touch of ADHD. Like I go through mm-hmm. phases where I'm like, do I have it? Do I not have it? Like, should I go see a doc? Like I, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. so you actually, you mentioned like you are pro function. Yes. Um, so when someone has ADHD and it is causing them to be like dysfunctional, what mm-hmm. was that look like? Like when you aren't able to function because of it? so so not being able to function affects every part of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um especially those of us who are women, we um we wear many hats. We often are um we are working or run a business or we're a, we're a friend, we are a wife, we are a sister, we are a daughter, we are everything to everyone. And not functioning can look like not being able to even take a shower. Mm -hmm. It can look like doom piles all over your house and not being able to do anything about it. It can look like screaming at your kids or your dogs when you're overstimulated because you just don't know how to uh to decompress and i mm-hmm. say that with so much love and with absolutely no like vilifying i yeah. tell um i work primarily with moms who feel like they're the worst moms in the world when they lose their shit and i remind them that they are superheroes without capes and i'm yeah. going to treat them as such and um feeling overstimulated comes from the way that their brain uh functions 
Wow. So anyway, that is how um, not being functional with, with ADHD can look like, which mm. also crosses over into personal relationships, saying yes to everybody but yourself, which makes it even harder to get shit done for yourself because you're, yeah. you're, we're really great at saying yes to other people and no to ourselves. Um, so that's, that's definitely what it can look like. Problems in pretty much every aspect of your life. Wow. I feel called out by that a little bit. Um, That's interesting though. That's kind of why I was curious what that dysfunction could look like. I love how you said doom pile. Um, Like you you can't see it, but there is a pile of laundry here that just goes away. Um, That's so interesting. And I definitely resonate with the like overstimulation and the like... Mm -hmm losing it sometimes when that's yeah. happening like that literally yeah. with me and my dogs yesterday and I felt mm-hmm. so terrible um yes. and I can't even imagine like if it was like your own child like how like I understand yep. how they feel like the worst moms in the world yep just because they're just like oh my gosh like give me one second and yeah oh yep my heart yeah. goes out for that. I tell so, my clients, I'm like, there's a reason why I don't have tiny humans. Um, I'm like, you are an incredible, I'm like, you are incredible. It's not that I don't like kids, love kids, but um, I get overstimulated very easily. And mm-hmm. just my dogs barking, I'll be like, can you just shut the fuck up? And then I feel bad too. Yeah. Um, and I also want to say that being functional with ADHD does not mean that you're functional 100% of the time. Anybody mm. that tells you that is probably neurotypical um, because- <laughs> Um, ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder, um, Mm -hmm. and that's not going away. And there's always going to be times and days where you lose your shit or you're not able to handle the doom pile. And also if you were to go into my room right now, there's a doom piles of clothes as well. You're not the only one. (laughs) So, um, so if you have ADHD and you're just like, Oh man, like I, I'm good most of the time, but sometimes I lose my shit. I just want to normalize yeah. that for you, friend. I'm sending you a big hug. That's fucking normal. You're doing great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'm gonna take that one to heart too. You're welcome. <laughs> for someone who, like, maybe like me, does kind of feel called out by mm-hmm. some of that stuff you were saying, or like feel like really resonates with it. Like, oh, like, what? should someone do um if they think they might have ADHD it like mm-hmm. where should you start okay so step 1 and first of all um there is so much um there's such a lack of access to resources depending on mm-hmm. socioeconomic status if you have health insurance i'm not even going to pretend like that's not a huge issue because it is and also getting diagnosed as a woman um is very challenging because a lot yeah. of the research and the criteria is built on men and little boys and we present differently often because we a lot of us don't have the hyperactive type of ADHD. A lot of women present with the primarily inattentive, Mm -hmm. um, which can make it even more challenging. So with that being said, what I would do step one is I would have, um, go to a practitioner that can diagnose ADHD. Um, go try your damn best to find a psychologist or a psychiatrist that diagnoses the tests for ADHD. Mm, Um, when you go, bring any evidence you have to um to like make your case for having ADHD go into it like you're a lawyer um <laughs> there is a 
there is a document and I can't remember the name of it because it turns out I have ADHD. I will, um, I will uh, send it to you after this podcast episode. Maybe you can put it in the notes. Um, It's the same form that my doctor had me fill out when I uh, went for medication Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, wow, you very much have ADHD. So take that form, fill it Mm -hmm. out, have it filled out when you go to your doctor, and they will likely be able to refer you for, um, for an assessment. I have had a friend who did who did that exact thing. She filled out that form um, and she took it to her doctor and then she was able to get referred out for an assessment. And and then from there, um, find a community of people with ADHD so that you can start building those skills even before you get the formal diagnosis, even before you get medications if you decide to go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very lonely journey when you have ADHD and the people around you do not. But you will find your tribe of people who see you for the incredible human that you are and help you through that process. Oh, I love that. Uh, thank you for sharing all of that, though, because You're that welcome. is something that I have like considered doing. I've looked into it, but it does. It yeah. feels very daunting. Absolutely. And, like, don't know where to start. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't like I was never like a hyperactive kid. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like some of those big markers for like, oh, like you definitely have ADHD. Like I don't resonate with those as much, but I feel mm-hmm. like so many of the like smaller things that you were saying, I was like, that is me. And so that's really interesting to hear that like it presents differently in men and women and that women like they don't have as much information it seems like on Mm -hmm. like ADHD and women as they do on ADHD and boys and men. Absolutely. They test us off So here's a question for you, Courtney. When you were in K through 12 school and you were in a, in a, uh, a subject that you just really didn't enjoy or find interesting. Did you ever find yourself doodling on the side of your paper? Oh, 100% every day. Yeah. Like even something as small as that is like a very big indicator of, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, again, it's the inattentive type, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, did you ever have a hard time focusing on like an exam if there were people out in the hall like walking around yes yeah so these are the these are the questions that practitioners need to be asking if they're not because again inattentive type Uh is going to present different than hyperactive type and um then again there's combined type two but these are the these are the things that you can go to your um go to the practitioner and say, these are things that I struggled with. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were that kid in school where the teacher said that, um, oh my gosh, hang on, let me try to find the thought. Um, Like they're a really great student, but they talk a lot in class. They're very chatty. Um, (laughs) Like there are, there are sometimes practitioners that will ask for you to bring in your old report cards because these are common things that have been said on report cards of, you know, people who turned out that they had ADHD. Um, so yeah, those are some things to, to bring up with your practitioner. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, like the, when you said like people out in the hall talking, like even Mm -hmm. today, like I have to have silence, like complete silence to be able to focus, to be able to do anything. Like I can't have the TV on. Oh, Um, no. I can't even be like on the couch with my boyfriend if he's like watching Mm -hmm. TikToks and I'm Mm -hmm. trying to work. I literally have to leave the room. Like I I can't do it. Do you have noise canceling headphones yet? Mm, 
Not, I have AirPods, but like they're, you know. They don't cancel the noise out though, right? They, not, not enough. Not enough. Um, the best investment I can give to any ADHDer that has a hard time focusing is noise canceling headphones. These babies, I bought them when I was poor as shit. They were $300 and they are worth every penny. You do not have to get $300 uh, um, noise canceling headphones. My business partner got a pair that's like $40 and she likes it even more than these expensive ones. Go on Amazon, get yourself a pair of noise canceling headphones. It will change your entire life. It will change your entire life. If you get nothing else from this, if you find me to just be annoying as shit i hope that you have stayed until this part and you get yourself some noise canceling headphones Ooh, okay okay i will be doing that yes um, I actually i have an amazon gift card just sitting around that i didn't know what to girl spend. use it use it yes okay so let's talk like i would love to hear a little bit about how to run a business with adhd so like for the entrepreneurs who mm-hmm. are suffering with adhd diagnosed or undiagnosed like what mm-hmm. help help us <laughs> okay <laughs> so first of all when you are setting up your business set it up in an ADHD friendly way what does that look like for me so i i enjoy talking to people mm-hmm. i am genuinely enjoying this conversation but i cannot have hours and hours and hours of face to face time mm. um without being exhausted oh yeah so um since i coach women with adhd mm-hmm. i um i i do group coaching i go live twice a week and for those who can't come live i record it and send it out to them but that way i am able to coach as many women as possible that need my help without me being absolutely exhausted Mm-hmm. And then I have a chat with them that they are able to ask me questions throughout the week. It is not exhausting for me to answer questions and to support them. And mm-hmm. then they also have the support of each other within that community. So it's not just me that's supporting them. It's everybody. Yeah. And I – that is very um, – that's very attainable. That's very great for my energy levels. And as far as um, as you – as you know, when, when you have ADHD, I know that you're not formally diagnosed yet, but I'm not going to be surprised if, if, you know, you text me in two months and you say that you have been, um, our energy fluctuates, right? And we mm-hmm. cannot plan to be on from 7 a.m. to, to 5 p.m. every mm-hmm. single day. That's yeah. like a death sentence. So wow. setting up my business in a way to where I only have to be on on for maybe a couple hours of the day and the rest of the day I can do kind of on my own. Um, that's what that looks like for me. I also delegate the tasks that I have a hard time following through with. When my business was at a point where I could hire a VA, I did. Um, I did that before I even was making enough to quit my corporate job because I knew that that was needed to scale, um, to keep me from losing my shit. So those are the two things that I would say is create, put your business in a way that does not drain you energetically. And then also since we have a hard time following through with things that are absolutely just, they're not, if they're not fun, we're not going to do it with ADHD. Delegate as soon as you fucking can find a VA that you can pay for an hour that, you know, everyone, everyone has $20 to go find a VA, right? Like I'm not talking about hiring someone full time Mm -hmm. um, because what they can do in an hour will might take you eight and it's going to free up bandwidth to be able to focus on the big picture things that are your money makers. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I am the hugest proponent of outsourcing and especially outsourcing that work that like you don't want to do or that you can't follow through with. Everything that you are saying, just like about the energy and Mm -hmm. feeling drained, like talking to people for so long, like you enjoy it, but then it's like, it's still really draining for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just saying so many things that like I resonate with on such a high level, but I Mm -hmm. never would have even assumed or like guessed that it correlated to ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm such a huge advocate of what it can look like. Cause I mean, there can be two people that have ADHD and it presents incredibly different, Um, but it's both ADHD and there's um, no matter how your ADHD presents, I've noticed that there's there's commonalities in having difficulty with relationships, productivity, and energy across the board. Um, difficulty in those three areas, no matter how it presents, um, which is interesting. I just, <laughs> just I, I, I I love the in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I need to go talk to someone. I need to go find We can talk off the record. I'm happy to point. Like I. Consider us besties for life. I will help you through that process. I'm so passionate about helping people through that process. Oh my gosh, you're the sweetest. This is absolutely crazy. So you also mentioned that like you have some strategies in your back pocket just like to live functionally as someone with ADHD, kind of like outside of the business setting. Mm -hmm. Hit me me with some advice there too, like when it comes to like the doom piles or whatever. Girl, I'm about to, I'm about to change my life. Some, I'm about to change your life, girl. Oh. Um, okay. Have you ever heard of body doubling before? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, your, your life is forever changed from this moment on. So you know how we're really amazing at doing things for other people, but not for ourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we can use that to our advantage and okay. Um, Example. Oh my gosh, Courtney, I'm having a really hard time doing my taxes. Can you just like hop onto a video chat with me? I'll mute myself. And will you just be here while I do my taxes and you can do whatever? And you'll be like, yes, I'm going to hang. I'm going to, I'm going to work on my doom piles in my, uh, in my room or my office um, while you're doing that. Okay, yeah. great. Now the fact that we are both on a video call, we can, we, now we have accountability, even though the other person is not consciously looking at you, they're working on their own thing, but mm-hmm. Having that person there while you're doing that thing that annoys the shit out of you makes you like a million times more likely that you're actually going to get it done. Um, there's a lot of research behind body doubling and how it really helps ADHDers. So wow. that's why I offer it even in my community. Right now we're doing it on Discord, but we're going to be upgrading to another app because we've outgrown Discord. But that's what we do is um, – There'll be someone that says like, hey, I need to get something done. And Mm -hmm. then, hey, does anyone else need a body double? Yeah, I'm going to work on this. They hop on a muted video chat and and then they get their thing done. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I use it all the time. I create it for my community that, um, well, I didn't create body doubling. That's been around forever, but I uh, created, you know, that service and my in my business for women, for my clients. And then I use it all the time as well. So I will often be that person that says like, Hey, I'll hop on with you. Um, another, um, strategy 
I'll, I'll only give a couple because I know we've got ADHD, right? Like those who are listening probably are neurodivergent and they're like, okay, like I can only, I can only listen to so many things. Um, the second big one is, um, when there's something that you don't want to do, neurotypical advice is to reward yourself after it's done. That doesn't fucking work for us because we have a hard time getting started and mm-hmm. telling us that we can have the reward after doesn't help us with the executive dysfunction and inability to get started right then. Mm-hmm. So pair your reward with the task that sucks. So what that looks like, um, I will not do my dishes unless I'm listening to a podcast. I do the thing that I love at the same t- mm-hmm. time of the thing that I hate. Yeah. Pairing a task that that is preferred with that one that's not not preferred gives you enough dopamine because we ADHDers are incredibly dopamine deprived. Um, gives us that that stimulation, that dopamine that we need to get past the executive dysfunction to actually get the thing done. Um, so don't wait until after for your reward. Have it yeah. during. I love that. Have it during. Yes. I I feel like I do that a lot. Like I'll like make myself a coffee or go get a coffee mm-hmm. and like do something. Yep. Because, yeah, I can't wait until after. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you just said something really interesting, that ADHDers are dopamine deficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're incredibly dopamine deprived. That feel good uh, neurotransmitter that makes us, you know, just feel normal day to day. Those of us with ADHD do not have enough of it, which is why you will often find ADHDers uh, have difficulty with like uh, trouble with like binge eating, um, especially sugar, because when we have a lot of that sugar it creates dopamine, even though it's, you know, for a short time. And then that comes the shame. But um yeah, lot a lot of research behind uh, binge eating being uh, associated with ADHD. Um, seeking out very um, like skydiving, anything that is new or is scary is oftentimes very sought out by ADHDers because it creates that dopamine in our brains. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it can re- present in a lot of different ways. If you find someone who um, is an avid skydiver or they want to, you know, go cliff jumping. I mean, if, if someone were to do a brain scan on them, pretty sure they probably are neurodivergent. <laughs> fascinating. I was such an adrenaline junkie as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even a little surprised. I am too. I, I've been skydiving a couple times. Um, yeah. Yep. Wow. Huh. Dopamine deficient or deprived. Yes. Dopamine deprived. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's sad. <laughs> huh. But you know what? When we when we know that, we can create so the reason that we make amazing entrepreneurs is because there's always something new, right? We always have a new thing to tackle. Yeah. And we are, um, since we are impulsive, we don't overthink things before we get started. There yeah. is a lot of benefits to being uh, an entrepreneur with ADHD. Ooh, Having wow. ADHD does not mean that you're a flawed human. Our brain just works different and we can work with it. Like, um, so if you have ADHD, like, welcome to the club and you're going to do great. <laughs> oh, I- Absolutely love that. So, Jamie, tell me, mm-hmm. how do you balance life with also being a successful entrepreneur and just like throwing ADHD into the mix there too? Like, how do you balance all of this? What do you do personally? 
Um, it goes back to the really, really strong boundaries thing. So Amazing. if you're if you're struggling with this, I would say strong boundaries and find somebody who has a brain similar to you and has already achieved the results that you want. I, I I hired um, before I was making an F and penny. I hired a nearly seven figure business coach. Wow. Um, like, and she is um, has ADHD and autism. It's funny enough. Mm-hmm. We ended up being business partners because we hit it off so well and we serve a similar population. So find somebody who has a similar brain and has achieved results uh, that you want and then have them help you through that. But first and foremost, boundaries, strong fucking boundaries. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So last question for you. Mm -hmm. Um, We end the show with this question every time for all of our guests. What is one piece of advice that you have to give to entrepreneurs or like one lesson that you've learned in your career so far that you want to share with other women in business that you think it might impact them? Do not expect people to believe in you before you have made it. Don't. Don't. If you are waiting for that validation to get started, fucking don't. Yeah. Um, Find us who are in your corner. The, you know, there's you're gonna find your ride or die people. Like if you don't have a, a female businesswoman like in your corner, find them mm-hmm. um, who have been in your situation. If I waited until people believed in me to get started, I would have never fucking started. Absolutely, I wouldn't have done a TED talk. I wouldn't be going on a fucking reality show for entrepreneurs. I wouldn't be doing jack shit. Okay, so don't expect them to believe in you. Before you, you have to believe in you first. Absolutely. Ooh, that is so good. Incredible. Um, one last question for you. Mm-hmm. TED Talk, reality show, all of this happening in such a short amount of time. Is this you like just putting yourself out there, shooting your shot? Are people mm-hmm. coming to you? Like, how <laughs> are you? How are you creating this? People have never come to me, girl. People haven't. So here's the thing. Say it louder, yeah. Say it louder, girl. They have not been coming to me. I have been chasing them. Um, I have absolutely been shooting my shot. Um, yes. Being neurodivergent, I very much struggle with social norms. Um, if if I if you were to see the email that I sent the TEDx uh, coordinator, so bad. <laughs> so so bad but guess what it got me a fucking interview and then that interview it worked um so i i've just been shooting my shot um when it came to getting on the reality show Mm -hmm. i couldn't believe that i got on there was over fifty thousand people that applied and i was like one of 40 that got on um and uh during the third and fourth round of the process, mm-hmm. I um, I did whatever they asked. And then I recorded a separate video saying, this is why you want me on your show. Like, I know that I already sent in what you needed, but this is uh, this is also why. Mm-hmm. So I will go above and beyond. I will be strate- I will be creative, strategic. I'm a scrappy motherfucker. If I am nothing else, I am that. <laughs> um, that's how that's how I've made it happen for myself. There is no, nobody said, you know what? I'm looking for, I'm looking for a girl that has no parents and that struggled for a long time. Like, no, I just went and found them. (laughs) And I think that like 
I'm so happy that you said that because I feel like so many people are just waiting for someone to come knock mm-hmm. on their door, slide in their DMs, mm-hmm. like nope. email them nope. for this big thing to happen for them. And like, yeah. that isn't how it works. And yep. I love earlier, you mentioned that like ADHDers are impulsive. Like you don't mm-hmm. always think things through as much. You just kind of like dive into it. And I feel yeah. like that is working out for you is benefiting you so much. You're just yeah. like, I want this. I'm going to chase after it. I'm going to yep. send as many emails and extra videos as I need to. Yeah. And like it is working. So like yeah. leaning in to that. Absolutely. Like that divergence essentially and making that work for you. I freaking love that. Jamie, this was such a like <laughs> awesome conversation. I had so much fun talking with you. I absolutely love your energy and Thank what you. you stand for. You absolutely blew my freaking mind um, with everything that you were saying that is like attributed with ADHD. Um, so hopefully the, the listeners also had their minds blown um, and are making some realizations or putting together some puzzle pieces of their own um, and then can make some informed decisions from there on how they might want to tackle that. But thank you so much for all of the advice that you shared. You're so welcome. Please let everybody know where they can find you, how they can connect with you, work with you, all mm-hmm. of the things. So my website is outsmartadhd.co, not com, .co. <laughs> um, you're welcome to check me out there. I also have a Facebook group. I'm sure you'll put the link in the bio. Yes. Um, so it's for um, women with ADHD. And you're welcome to hang out with me there as well. Absolutely. I'll be joining that. That sounds awesome. Yes. <laughs> Are you on Instagram at all? Is there an Instagram people can follow? You know, you? I am like 87 years old at heart. I created an Instagram like three months ago. I'm like never <laughs> on it. If you were to go on it, you'd be like TEDx fucking who? Like I don't see anything about a TED talk on here. Um, I am on t- I am on Instagram and I'll give you that link to, you know, one of these days. Maybe I'll start using it. I'll have my VA, you know, put some shit up there. Um, <laughs> so I'm on there. I am on TikTok as well. Amazing. And what is your podcast again? Oh, I guess I should talk about that, huh? Um, so my, uh, my podcast is called Be Unemployable and it <laughs> is, um, for neurodivergent business owners. Ooh, I love that. I will be checking that out. Be, I am like, I'm so unemployable. I freaking love that. That's such a great name. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, I can't go back to corporate. My, my boss sent me one too many aggressive emails, and I told my husband I'm fucking quitting. And he's like, Yeah, that's that's fine. Like you make enough money anyway. I'm like, Yeah, I'm fucking done with this place. Um, so it, here's the thing: when we know our worth, we're not employable anymore. Like I know what I'm worth. I don't, don't even give me an offer. I'm not going to be here for eight hours a day. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, no. You can miss me with all of that corporate bullshit and just all of that. And so so many yeah. passive aggressive emails. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, no, no, yeah. We don't. Yeah. I love that, like, I don't have to do that anymore. And I yeah. love how you said, like, ADHDers make great entrepreneurs because it's new. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. my job was so fucking mind-numbing. Like, mm-hmm. awful. Terrible. Yeah. I love, I love all of that. If you're listening and you don't have your own business yet and you're thinking about it, like this is absolutely your sign to 
Absolutely. Oh, Jamie, thank you so, so much. This was so, so much fun. I thank will have you, Courtney. All of your links, all of the things in the show notes for everyone to come check you out and connect with you. Come hang out with both of us in Jamie's Facebook group because I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> and reach out. Um, if you feel like you are struggling with ADHD in business as well, or if you are like me and you are 25 and maybe just now realize that you think you have ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you, Courtney. It's been a blast.